Greetings from the Golden Gut Podcast, a lifestyle show hosted by me, Amanda Thomas. From gut health to gut intuition, our gut is so connected to our body, mind, and spirit. You're invited to awaken a more mindful you through the conversations I have with some incredible guests on wellness, spirituality, self-love, entrepreneurship, and even share the occasional meditation with you all on this journey to feel good and stay golden. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to the Golden Gut Podcast. I am your host, Amanda Thomas. I am so grateful that you are joining me here today. I am so thrilled to really share today's episode with you as I was joined by the original founder of the Playful Soul and queen of all things gut intuition herself, Vicki Mack, aka Aurora Blue. So Vicki was raised in an incredibly open-minded home growing up, so connecting to her intuition was not a new concept for her. However, she shares that the true catalyst for this spiritual awakening and growth that she was going through came from experiencing massive anxiety attacks in her 30s. So she started to seek out talk therapy. And in these talk therapy sessions, she discovered the true healing power of meditation. As her talk therapist would lead her through meditations, she discovered this whole new peaceful world. So she then set out on this incredible journey of self-discovery and study of all things metaphysical, which ultimately has led her to becoming a licensed soul guide, sacred mentor, soul listener, meditation guide, divine scribe, all of the beautiful things. And then in June 2010, Vicky opened the doors to the Playful Soul, which is, as she eloquently puts it, a playground for the spirit and is a center of consciousness here in Indianapolis dedicated to just serving the community for its best and highest good. And then continuing on in Vicky's journey in 2016, the playful soul was adopted into the hands of new owners as she felt called to continue to place a deeper soulful exploration and expression into her life. And today is coming back out into the world as Aurora Blue with all of these beautiful new angelic offerings that she has. So, In this episode, we share a lot. This is definitely not for not for the faint-hearted friends. Um, If you are listening, please know that everything that is said in this show is not to be substituted as medical advice. That you should absolutely consult your healthcare practitioner um, before taking any sorts of course of action. All of this is just being shared for entertainment and educational purposes only. Again, please know this is not medical advice. We are not doctors. We're not trying to be doctors. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions on that, here to help. Would love to hear from you. But this, this is pretty woo, you guys. Um, continuing myself to just pull off the mask, if you will, and step out of my own spiritual closet. This this goes deep. And so if you find this information overwhelming or confusing, I encourage you to just sit with it, listen, hear, 
and try to discern. Don't judge. Um, Again, would love to hear from you if you have questions after listening to this episode and you're like, what the heck was all of this, Amanda? That's what I'm here for, babes. Let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Um, Quickly, in other news, would love to share with you all that once this worldwide quarantine starts to lift, which absolutely not making light of that, just being optimistic here that that this will continue to progress forward and that the world, we're coming together in a whole new way. Everything is happening for us, right? Nothing's happening to us. So knowing that together as a community, we will get through this coronavirus pandemic and there is a sun at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, so lots of goodies coming coming to you all. There will be a few soul shops that I'm hosting, collaborating with a fellow practitioner here in the area, Emily Kelly, to start bringing to you all a beautiful online offering on a regular basis. So more of that to come to you soon. And, and uh, looking back into my calendar in May and June to start scheduling one-on-one Reiki sessions with you beautiful humans. So if any of that piques your interest, I encourage you to check out my Instagram, the golden gut, no E in golden, or um, my website, thegoldengut.com. Ooh, one more thing. Vicky also shares an amazing meditation with you all at the very end of this episode. So if you are needing a 15 minute guided meditation in your life, I encourage you to just fast forward to that and set up some space for you to enjoy her beautiful, loving offering. Vicki, thank you abundantly. Thank you infinitely for joining me with this conversation. It was beautiful to hear your story and really connect with such an incredible being. And with this, before we dive in, I will share with you, as Aurora Blue says, it's not that we are wholly unaware of our essence. It's that being seen with such love and the permission that flows from that love moves through our bodies and souls in such a way that what is frozen melts. Once the river flows with the vibration of truth, we each hold within us Going back is no longer an option. Oh my goodness. Beautiful language. Mm, Thank you. You have taught me such a beautiful language. (laughs) I have latched on to things are giving me goddess shimmers instead of goosebumps. (laughs) I keep saying, as as said by one of my magnificent friends, I keep getting goddess shimmers. I think that's so darling. Mm, Well, thank you for introducing me. And I'm so excited for all of the things that I know you are going to introduce myself to tonight, along Mm. with all of those that are going to be listening to this episode I just feel like this conversation is coming at the perfect time for myself. Mm. And we all know that everything happens in divine timing anyways. And (laughs) I, 
I just could not be more grateful. Mm. Could not be more grateful. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I feel you. the same way. I feel it couldn't be more beautifully orchestrated. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Here, well, let's rewind here okay. and take things back to the beginning. Mm. The beginning <laughs> of Vicky's time mm. and. What was the catalyst for really kickstarting your own spiritual journey? So that is such an interesting question to try and pinpoint sort of an explosion in your own experience that shifts your trajectory. And for me, so we were raised to be very open to the divine and um, however we weren't raised going to church or having any traditional sort of structured relationship with that energy so when I was in my 30s I started having massive anxiety attacks and um, they they were um, I don't really remember the first one but they were significant enough that I felt that my brain had split, been split open by white light. It was my experience, and I thought my brain had broken. Those were the words that I used. I was laying on my friend's sofa, and our children were also tiny. And I said, I think my brain is broken, and I don't know that it's I'm ever going to get it back and I was actually quite distraught and ended up in the emergency room a couple of times thinking I was dying of a heart attack and I was it was about 1997 so I um they kept telling me I thought for sure I was dying and they were like this is anxiety and I was thinking what are you talking about like I thought they were crazy like surely something more significant was wrong than anxiety. But um, so it, it led to medication and I um, did not want to be on medication because I come from a family of addiction addicts. My dad was my dad is an alcoholic. He's been sober now for over 26 years. And my mother was addicted to amphetamines. So she got hooked in high school when she was about 15 and was on them until she passed away. So I did not want to take any medication, but the experiences I, were ha- I was having were so, so concerning and so debilitating that I just needed something to make it all stop. But then what they were trying to do was find one of the medications that would work in their psychotropic drugs so they were actually exacerbating my experience and I will never forget my our youngest one was two and we were my husband and I were out for a walk with her in the stroller and I just said I don't I can't live this way and so if this is the rest of my life we you need to know that we need to make plans because I won't be here I can't do this And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, I can't live this way. It's just extraordinary. I felt like I was living outside of my body watching myself. So 
I ultimately uh, very quickly started. What I didn't realize is it was the the chemistry of the medicine they were giving me. I mean, I knew it, but they I said I kept taking myself off of it immediately, and they're like, "You can't do that. You have to wean yourself." And I said, "Well, I'm going to take my life if this is it," because it was so awful. And finally, they found one that settled everything down. But that experience is no joking matter when you are talking about those kinds of drugs. And but I was. I've met a psychotherapist who was pivotal to this whole experience, and her um, her name is Dr. Pat Kuvian, and I don't even know if she's still practicing. Of course, this was all in Indy. She started, so we were initially just, it was sort of like um, triage <laughs> for the, triage for the, the uh, stressed out mother and daughter an adult and then we got very quickly she led me through a guided meditation I don't remember if it was our first visit or my third but um, I'm sure it was a little bit down the road because of all the intro stuff you have to do and I found peace in that meditation and so meditation became my medicine and I was off of all the drugs including they had me on a beta blocker because my heart was racing and um, I was off everything within eight months. And the only thing I kept around for a while was Xanax. But I ended up, and literally, like, I just kept it around for a while because every now and then, even though I got off the, the medication, so I was on a medication, Xanax, and a beta blocker. And by eight months, I was off of everything except for... I kept the Xanax as kind of like a security blanket because we would literally, I had had experiences where we'd be in the middle of something and all of a sudden it would just begin to floor me. She taught me how to work with my thoughts and how to stop an anxious cycle. She taught me organic exercises in my body, but the meditation was what I found myself. Like I couldn't wait to see her because we would meditate and then I would be at peace. And so she, down the road, we're doing all this psychotherapy. I'm, of course, uh, spirit broke me open because I essentially just was a treasure trove of trauma, childhood experiences, um, sexual abuse, poverty, addicted parents, blah, 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 blah. So ultimately, I... I think at the time, our children were little, our business was a bit on the upside down, being married to an entrepreneur, <laughs> ups and you have downs, and we were upside down at the moment, which was just a level of ongoing stress. And then my mother was ill, and she had a slow decline over 10 years, and at that moment in time, we didn't know what was happening, but it was, it was there were multiple emergency visits and all kinds of things. So there would be nights I'd be sleeping at her house. I'd be leaving our children, staying with her. Um, Just the stress on the family and on me, but trying to keep, as women do, we step up and we nurture everybody in the outside world. And And then for me personally, that was just sort of my breaking open. But I also find it to be the greatest gift in my life in terms of 
setting my feet on an authentic path. I was not, I was, it's not that I was inauthentic. I was, I had my children, which was a big part of what I wanted to achieve in life. And I knew that and, and how I, and that is also an intuitive, like happening occurrence. But so she said to me, so my therapist is leading me through meditation. And she says to me, one day down the road, when we could even have this chat, she says, what are you doing? What are you doing for your soul? And I looked at her and I was, I just, I looked at her and I just laughed because I, I just said, what the fuck do you mean? What am I doing for my soul? Like, <laughs> I am just trying to keep my head above water at this moment. I'm with my children. I went to, I had an, an OBGYN appointment for an annual visit or whatever, and we never even could do it because I just started shaking and they just handled it beautifully. They tucked me in and turned out the lights and I just tremored for 45 minutes in the on the table and then when it was over I was too exhausted but I couldn't go and I couldn't I couldn't leave I couldn't drive so I would just be going through my life and this would happen so when she said so when she says to me what are you doing for your soul I'm like (laughs) not a damn thing (laughs) meditating with you and at this point we had been meditating long enough we knew it was medicinal like I was having it I was having such significant for myself relief and there would be times when I would be laying in bed and an anxiety wave would be coming my way and so I um, started feeling Christ spooning me and holding me and just rocking me to sleep and I found it interesting because I did not have a personal relationship with Christ. It wasn't, you know, I just, my experiences were always with born again Christians and I thought that they were extraordinarily. So when he, when she even said to me, what are you doing for your soul? I was like, well, if you're talking about church, I've not found a lot of solace there. I found a lot of judgment and a lot of, a lot of things, but I didn't find peace there. And I was like, I, what am I going to, like, I have to go knock on people's doors now and convert them to Christianity or to like, what do you mean a soul path? Like I have to become somebody who knocks on doors or, or hands out Bibles. Like, I'm like, that's not going to be me. And she, and she just so brilliantly said, she said, Vicki, I'm a licensed psychotherapist and what I can do for you is what we're doing. She said, and I personally am a devout Catholic and I have my own sacred rituals and and path, but you need to find what speaks to your soul. And she said, and she said, there are so many pathways um, because I said to her, well, am I going to have to go hand out Bibles or whatever? And, um, and she just was, I don't know, but you need to start, you need to step out and discover what that is for you. So so what happened is that I started, I found my first teacher and I had a, I was, I went to, at the time we went to St. Luke's Methodist um, Church, which is a huge church. And I loved the pastor at the time. And often when he would give his sermons, I thought they, um, they resonated with me, but Again, I'm that whole experience, and my children hated the Sunday school, and I did too. They came, <laughs> I mean, no, no offense to them, but um, 
they would come out after an experience and say, oh my God, mommy, that was so scary. Are you going to do that to us? Are you going to take us to the top of a mountain and slit our throats or whatever? And I was like, oh my God, we're so done with that. So I don't know. We It was like a very progressive church on one hand, but the Sunday school was still very 1950s and in my opinion. And so I scooped up my babies and just took them and they sat in the pew with us, which became a, a thing because they <laughs> were young and playful. But I loved his sermons. And so I asked him if he, we could meet and he led me through a visualization. So my therapist led me through guided meditation, which was deeply relaxing, like counting through the body. It wasn't a it wasn't a spiritual, spiritually led one. When I met with the pastor, he led me through this divine process. And ultimately, I remember he led me to this place. And I am very visual, so guided meditation works for me. And it's one of my favorite things that I do and I offer. And it's also one of my favorite things to be on the receiving end of. So um, he led me through this incredible experience and then led me to put my hands out and receive a gift and and it happened like you know, I had this experience and something of you know this being put a gift in my hand and it all made sense and I'd never had that experience in that way and so that created a hunger in me for more and so I started I started going to different meditation experiences and trying this one and trying that one and trying this place and trying that place and ultimately Um, By now, I'm off of medication, and I'm handling my anxiety organically. Life has returned to a a more normal pace. Um, Things are still happening, but I'm handling myself better. There was a woman teaching a class at the Spiritual Life Center, and, um, and it was something about developing your intuition, which is so funny because we used to play games like my mom, my mom would play games like that with us when we were little. Like she would say, okay, close your eyes and what do you see in the grocery bag? Or we have furniture, we have, a, you know, we moved into a new house and they had gone and my parents had gone and bought new furniture for the first time that I ever remembered. And she was like, okay. What what do you think we bought? What does it look like? What color is it? What does the fabric feel like? So we did this growing up. This so what's so funny when people ask me that is honestly we were raised in such a fluid and my father's very it turns out he never shared this with us but um, he he says he he calls it he sees colors and so he's told me what I looked like when I was born and he told me we had dinner last night what I looked like last night which was gorgeous because his vision is going he's blind in his left eye and his right eye is diminishing and he was saying that um his whole life it was such an it was in such an important part of how he navigated situations because he had psychic visions and he um saw colors so he would know if it was a warning or an it would just give him information it was so funny that it kind of was coming together in a way that was what was so natural my whole life was now kind of being um, structured. I was getting structured experiences around it. And I also, growing up in Indiana, there was a level of, there was a big pushback against, you know, so anything that came so naturally that was very comfortable with my mom and, and my brothers was 
not, we knew like you couldn't take it outside the house because you would be, you know, it'd be of the devil, it would be of the demons or whatever. So there was this knowing that, which so many people, so many ex- humans experience, you know, something to be true about yourself, whether it's your spirituality, your talent, your sexuality, your, you know, that even if it's just your expression and your life's work, but the outside world is telling you you are to be this, that, or the other thing. And so we learn how to keep a lid on it and who we can share with and who we can't. So so I had this experience with this first teacher, and then we worked together for many years. And it was phenomenal. And then ultimately she was from the South, and then ultimately she moved back to the South. And I remember when I met her, and she told me her story. She was this beautiful woman with um, light eyes and blonde hair and this charming southern accent. And she was about 10 years older than I am. And she has three sons. And her one son had been killed in a drunk driving accident. And not so far, so not I don't remember how many years it had been before I met her, but it wasn't that far in the past. And I remember looking at her with my little babies in my life, thinking if this woman can laugh and smile after what she's been through, that's who I want to work with because all I've got is this, this, and this, but I haven't had to live through that. So so we worked together for years, and she, we did all kinds of things. We did past life regressions, and we did... You know, she, um, I did Reiki, my Reiki attunement trainings, (laughs) certifications Mm. with her. And then she moved back and, um, and off I went. So I would say, to answer your question, that that point in time when I consciously began pursuing a deeper relationship with the divine was, was completely out of that moment when I felt my brain split in half. And it wasn't, um... I didn't perceive that as a pleasant experience, clearly. I know some people have big experiences of awakening or kundalini rising, or, and they are they can be transcendental. My initial experience was I thought, oh my God, my fucking body just broke in half from top to bottom, and I don't have no idea how you put it back together. And it's been the greatest journey since Mm, that's beautiful Vicki that's just wow that's so beautiful thank you for sharing all of these really deep moments of yourself with us yeah wow so I'm curious to know especially for those that are listening that are are trying to tap into these beautiful intuitive gifts that they have and trust Mm -hmm. that inner knowing what were some of those experiences like for you when you first really started understanding this is what it means to be a spiritual being having a human experience so I think when so when I was a younger person there were I had experiences where I knew what was happening the divine was stepping in and it may or may not have been the language I was using but I was very comfortable with that. And I had psychic experiences, out-of-body experiences, all of it. But what happened with that meditation with that pastor was I opened a whole realm, opened in up 
I opened my, I opened up to a whole realm of divine energy that I was now consciously in relationship to. And it was no more, I no more felt like the victim or the sort of ship at sea in my life. I, or just how I think the human experience can be. Like it's very, until you know, um, until you come and come to relationship with your wounds, your wounds are unconsciously driving the car. And then when you become conscious of them, you start to take back control of the car. And when I had that experience, I was like, oh my gosh, here, I want more of that. And in that grace, in that energy field is where that is where unconditional love lies. And that is where compassion beyond what I could ever articulate but I can feel it, you know, to the best of my ability. And that is when I became hungry for more for myself. And then ultimately, I, um, a few years into it, I wanted, I started pursuing modalities and trainings because then I wanted to share it with other people. And my experience has been the more, it became very playful also. So any of the mentors and teachers and um, people who were training me, uh, sharing a, sharing their modality with me, their, their invitation is always to play. And it's not that there isn't a, you know, um, work involved or that you don't or that we don't, you know, that we step into these energy fields and and experience the profundity of this experience and we can see humanity from another lens. But it's that when you're what for me anyway when I was first learning to consciously engage with these energies with the divine that um one 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 person along the way said, play with your angels, go out when you go to a, when you're driving and you know, you're going to the grocery store, ask for a parking spot and then be, pay attention and see that you get, you know, like pay attention because so much of it, we're distracted. So what you're training yourself is to vote, fo- you're training the energy, you're training yourself to focus on the energy. And then what I found is by being open to it, Every time you see it, you say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I just did this last weekend. I kid you not. We took our niece to um, Carmel City Center Mm. and we were taking her into the cake bake to go have a little princess fairy tale experience. And parking there is always, everybody has spots. And I said before we left, I'm like, all right, guys, like team... And I always call them my team, like, team, all right, can you please uh, just make sure that there's a parking spot right out front for Mm -hmm. us? She's little, don't want to deal with all of that. Sure enough, as soon as we pull in there, Mm -hmm. there's somebody getting into their car, Mm -hmm. pulling out, and we just zip right on in. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, thank you. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly it. That is, it's so simple. It's so simple. It's, you know, and that gets into... It literally gets into quantum physics and the law of attraction, and there are so many people talking about that. And but 
what we're talking about is a conscious engagement with energy. And when, um, and they say that gratitude is actually the highest energy, that mm. when we experience gratitude, that it's a, the highest energy we can experience and even higher than our experience of love. And I think it's because, and that is coming from um, Dr. Emoto's work on water and gratitude. Like gratitude was the most pertinent. Do you know what I'm talking about? The water crystals? No, tell me more. Oh my gosh. Um, and I think he's passed away but a while ago, but his, his work lives on and it's... Um, his book around this, his first book was called Messages in Water, or Messages of Water. And it's um, Dr. I think I'm going to misspeak his first name, Masaru Emoto. And, um, and anyway, he just, it was all around healing the waters um, of the land and, and the polluted waters that, that we are dealing with. And so he created an experiment and... He lined up all these jars and taped a word onto each jar and then had volunteers come in for X amount of time and they would send that message to the water and then they took um, microscope they they took images under microscopes of the water um, crystals. So he had gratitude, love, compassion. Um, pretty, kind, funny, murder. Um, he had, like he would say, I think one was, you're ugly, I hate you, you're stupid. And then the other one, you're brilliant, you're radiant. And they, so the volunteers would come and hold the water and send, ugh, it's devastating to think about sending any of those negative messages mm. to any being. But they would send verbally and energetically, they would send that emotion to the water. And I think it was a 30-day experiment. I don't think it was very long. And compassion, the water crystal and compassion had the most perfect structure. So some of them might have a little missing. They all look like snowflakes. You know, they look like essentially water, frozen water looks like a snowflake. So they all had snowflake-ish-esque appearances and compassion was the one that was the most complete and the one that was murder was I kid you not there are pictures of it it was shaped like a gun the water crystal was shaped like a gun and then the whole power of the work is what we tell our body which you're very is your a lot of your work is around body and being compassionate with ourselves and the way we speak to ourselves, the kinds of how we, you know, physically what we do mm-hmm. to be kind, loving, and compassionate to our body. Anyway, when you think that we're mostly water beings, what wow. that is telling your body wow. and how you personally, we personally can shift our own structure just by the way, which is, of course, all the work around self-talk, but ultimately... It goes into the biology. You shift your own biology by, um, we also create it. So if we tend to say mean things, and so many humans say unkind things to themselves, um, ourselves, then our sweet bodies 
They transform mm-hmm. to fit that narrative. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I completely lost track of what question you asked me. Oh, something about the spiritual journey. And oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, yeah. that was, I mean, that was beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful and detour. Just amazing. Oh, well, that's what I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation that we're in, that we're having in this very moment is that it takes all the twists and turns that it's meant to. And I am really excited to look more into this water experiment. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense because we are, I mean, when I learned it in grade school, and I'm sure it's more than that at this point, but what, 90 something percent of our body is made up mm-hmm. of water. Mm-hmm. And that was the power of his study. And then they did do, they did do, there was a, um, so I, you know, I asked for everyone's forgiveness. I am terrible at remembering details. And so that I fall in love with a crystal and then can never remember its name or what it does, but I just know I had to have it at the moment. But with um, Dr. Moto's work, I cannot remember what country he's from. Um, but... I believe it might be Japan, but anyway, the point is there was a lake that was um, important to whatever community city he lived in, and it was it was toxic with pollution. And so he did the study, and then they created a prayer circle and around the body of water. They had all of these water prayer warriors. I'm not sure those are the words he used, but they encircled it and they healed it through energy work. Through They started telling this body of water and they transformed the structure. And these things are just so easy when we think about it. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that it's, but it's just, it's easy in that it's possible. It's not an impossible task. The challenge is remembering. So when you get the parking spot, and this is kind of going back to the parking spot, when you lift up to your parking angels or your team or whatever you call the all that is, and you say, would you (laughs) I please get a parking spot? And then you get it and you express gratitude. It just creates more opportunities. We, the more we remember to remember, the more we remember. And when we experience forgetting, oh, I didn't, it also encourages us to remember. So the more we remember, the more we, <laughs> we forget, and we remember, we recognize we forgot, it actually opens us up to remembering because we have that you just, I think we all just need a touchstone, a touchstone experience that we can go back to. So when I, I've started leading these soul shops and I had a vision to include crystals and I thought, oh, okay, so we'll just do this for this one. <laughs> well, it has turned out that um, the reason, and they showed me a sphere for first um soul shot that I included it in and I and I loved it because spheres are have infinite directions you know they're not like you can use literally you can use a quartz point and move energy very specifically with a quartz point but a sphere when we attune it when we tune it to our prayers our intentions when we're doing very deep intentional work we it will absorb that light energy 
and then it will radiate it out in infinite directions just like the sun. So I, as the image that they were showing me progressed from some unknown crystal to that, it made sense to me. And then what I found is, and I love selenite. I just think it's the sweetest of all. It's one of my, it's my probably my most favorite crystal. But, um, and when I had my shop, I always carried a lot of selenite because the, um, as I was learning all this, because there's the experience of feeling and knowing intuitively. And then there's the the side, so which side? The right side is intuitive, and the left side of the brain is the logical brain, right? So as a human, we like to have both experiences. And I'm far more comfortable on my right side, so I live a lot on my creative side, my spiritual side. Um, and um, But we enjoy the information. And what I loved about selenite is people would come into my shop and want to know what's a good crystal for this, that, or the other. And so I was having to learn so I could answer their question. But my Mm -hmm. favorite thing to do would be to tell them, we'll go into the room with the crystals and just start picking them up and see what they feel like and see if there's one that you keep going back to or you just can't put it down. And I had a woman come in one night and she was kind of, she was subdued. I'd never met her before. And if she hears this podcast, um, I send her lots of love and gratitude because I tell this story all the time. Um, she said, I think she asked me about if we had a specific crystal for um, digestive stress. And I told her to go into the the room because the room with the crystals was a different room than the one they walked into and to I would look up information because again I don't know I have to I don't know in the left side of my brain I have to go find it but I sent her in to start looking and um I did a little research or googled or messaged my people and um and got some ideas and went, or I looked it up in my book, I can't remember, and I went into the room, and I said, so how are you doing? And she goes, well, I just can't seem to put this crystal down, this stone down. I keep picking it up. And we had them tagged, and we had a gorgeous book out that described them all, so they could like look it up as a reference. And um, so I showed her the book, and she reads it in tears, just start streaming down her face. She doesn't make a sound, just tears. Those silent tears just start streaming down her face. And I think, I don't recall, but I think she'd been diagnosed with some sort of cancer that was either in her stomach or her intestines. So her body knew the energy it needed. And that stone, and I can't remember, I remember what it looked like. It was, and I... And it was an odd kind of looking one. Sometimes they're so fun to hold. And this one was just more like a slab of rough rock. And um, But as she was reading the description, it was exactly the stone. And so I think that the more we allow that gorgeous energy that breathes universes, the more we allow it and 
and know that we're also that part of that breath, that the more magical and and peaceful our journey comes, I, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you talk about most of the teachings from all of your mentors and guides being centered around playful mm-hmm. because getting back to that inner child, mm-hmm. those those childlike behaviors mm-hmm. is where we experience and feel joy and happiness and just letting our hair down and getting <laughs> loose and getting crazy in in all the ways that our body needs to that's how we allow it to to vibrate higher mm. because we're we're letting go mm-hmm. and and letting god mm-hmm. right beautiful so i'm curious you yeah. you talk about this <laughs> sphere being shown to you in meditation mm-hmm. by they mm-hmm. who is they oh. <laughs> oh i love it so that's what I call, that's what I call, that's what I call um, them. The, to me, that's how divine energy presents as a collective. It, it doesn't feel singular. So when I'm working with a client, um, definitely beings will come forth. So I've had Christ come forth and Mary and Magdalene. I've had different archangels present. I've had Buddha and um, different different energies, sort of archetypal energies will come in. Um, I've had energies come in that I only know as a color or the way they're presenting. I'm visual. So um, I, in session, I see, hear, and I feel. So I I hear words, but it's almost like they're more like my thoughts as opposed to hearing an outside voice. And and the more I've read and heard other people speak, you know, we're we're all intuitive beings because we're all divine energy. Um, but we all have our ways of experiencing that, um, those different clear senses. And so for me, it's like wisdom. So if I'm in conversation with someone, it just comes through. And... Um, but it has never felt like it's my common sense per se. It feels like it's always felt. And I and so from the time I was little, it was kind of my role. People, you know, they we all you know, we all have our our ways of being and depending on our particular gift or what we share, people will come to us. So for mm-hmm. me it was counseling. And that's what <laughs> you know, I would just had this I just always did and so my first official uh, client was my mother (laughs) and I loved it because it was so fun like I could tap in I could give her she was always so complimentary about how wise I was and um and I loved her so dearly and there was a lot of trauma in my childhood and a lot of trauma in my parents individual journeys with their addictions and in their marriage and in our family so healing conversations were just a big part of growing up. But then, um, so that's one aspect. But then I feel, so I feel the energies in my body. They'll also kind of fine-tune a message with that. And then I, I have these visions. So I'll see 
a being come forth or I might see a symbol. I work a lot with symbology that, and I think that's because my first teacher was a big, she worked so much with symbols and numbers were one. Um, so it, we, we just work so much with symbols. So that is a lot of the language that I feel the divine uses with me because it's just, it's kind of like studying a foreign language. I studied that one. They're like, cool, we'll talk to you that way. Some people, you know, they hear songs. They they may have, um, you know, whatever. So I've lost track of the question. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> this is all, no, this going. is all fabulous, fabulous information. That's, I definitely want to talk to you more about that because those are all of the exact same way, ways that uh, spirit presents themselves to me oh. as well as mm. through vision and hearing and feeling and it's very confusing sometimes because I it's we we are still human mm-hmm. and so when we try to interpret what the divine is saying we are still absolutely susceptible to human error so sometimes right. after a Reiki session I always my notebook and I write notes as I these things come to me mm-hmm. and then afterwards that's what I always preface with who I'm working with is that oh. you know what yeah. I, I am human and this is how I am mm-hmm. as Amanda I'm trying to interpret what what your guides are telling me mm-hmm. but I can absolutely be making mistakes some of this might resonate mm-hmm. some of this might actually be for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's just go through yeah. it but it's amazing how often it's so spot on and exactly mm-hmm. what that person needed to hear in that very yeah. moment yeah isn't it beautiful mm-hmm. that's that space of grace and that's my favorite place too to abide hmm. and you know this is a human journey so there are a lot of times when you're just but the more we live it the more we experience it as humans the more positive feedback we get then the easier it it becomes more um it becomes something we seek yeah. and so the more we seek it the more we have it the more we have it the more we seek it and then Ultimately, you we kind of find ourselves more in that, more and more and more in that way of being. Mm-hmm. So I think, so you asked me who they are. So that I feel that that is, I feel the divine is, is just to collect. It's just the all that is. So to me, that's not a singular energy. But, um, and I think that, um, and I don't profess to have any great insights on the human journey or why we're here. There are so many people who write about it from so many different perspectives. And, but I do feel that we are here to love and we're here to learn to, um, we learn it through our own experience. We learn it from not experiencing it. We learn it from experiencing it. We learn it by giving it. We learn it by not receiving it. We learn it by receiving it, <laughs> by sharing. And ultimately, if we can continue to kind of consciously consciously be aware of where when we're withholding it from ourselves or another gotten triggered and so we withdraw 
But I think that ultimately we're here to learn to love. And um, so much for me personally, so much of that experience has been through um, the experience of forgiveness and compassion for the people in my life that I've experienced heartbreak with or I've experienced trauma with. Um, And then ultimately the greatest person to forgive for me is myself. That is where it's so much easier for me to forgive those who've trespassed against me than it is for me to forgive myself for trespassing against myself or another. That especially especially with my children. That's been my hardest thing where I apologize. I'm so sorry. But also it's kind of funny. It reminds me of a story. When I was much younger, I was in my 20s, we had a restaurant and a woman had, and I was before children, so I was a bit of a snot, young and busy and fast and um, well, not fast that way, but fast. Um, <laughs> I had totally spent years being fast that way. But, you know, I was in my relationship. We had a restaurant. Just life was fast. And my mom was like, you know, what are you, why don't you ever slow down? You work seven days a week. Oh, we love it. So a woman was doing um, some marketing for us, and her mother passed away. And I was so upset and stressed because, and of course, there weren't cell phones in those days. So it was landlines and I don't even think I don't even know if we had email honest to god I don't even know if that was a thing and if it was I don't even know if we had a computer (laughs) so probably wasn't yet I mean this is the 80s that I'm talking about so I don't remember but communication was was like absent and when she finally circled back around and like we had a something to do with the restaurant and printing menus or that we needed and we didn't get or we had to we were whatever it doesn't matter big fucking deal to me at the time and she told me her mother died and I was so vested in my position that we were the client and that um we needed this product and I but even then which was way before my anxiety attacks way before I knew um because I just got hot-headed and I lost my temper and I got snarky with her and Hopefully, rightfully, she probably just said toodles and left us in the dust. And we, I totally, see ya. yeah, see ya, um, would have been completely appropriate. And if she's listening, I am so sorry. Um, but I remember having the very quick knowing not long after that conversation, whether it was that evening or because typically I'm just, I don't lose my temper, but when I do lose it, it's hot, it's fast, it's furious. And then I like have, feel like I have to go around. I feel like a dragon just breathed fire through me, and then I have to go around and clean up all the mess. Where's the water hose, everybody? <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> and the bandages and the, the first aid kits. So, and that is also kind of stunning because when people have a relationship with you and you're so easygoing or so kind or so whatever, you know, they don't expect it. And then when it comes out. So that's been part of my healing too. But I remember thinking loving my mom as much as I did someday this will come back to me and it did and I remember experiencing it and thinking I understand but I was far enough along by the time my mother died I was way into all this other journey I wouldn't say I was 
as Alana Fairchild, I love that she says this about her journey, rather inelegantly, I would say I adopt those words wholeheartedly. <laughs> My journey has been rather inelegant, if not. Mmm, <laughs> that's, that's another good one. Goddess that, shimmers and yes, rather inelegant. Rather, yeah, and that beautiful Australian accent. Um, but I remember when it, my mom did die and somebody, and I was so lost in that time, and there's so much of that time I don't remember, um, that it did come back to me, but I had no awareness. And I was like, hello, friend. You know, I've been waiting. I knew you would come. But what happens, I think the difference between having a knowing that what we put out in the world comes back to us, when you actually recognize that, when you really come to recognize it, then, and then I start to watch it happen really fast. Like even driving, like if I cut somebody off or I it's one reason why I never put the playful soul on my car because I can be a kind of either spacey driver or an aggressive driver and I think I'm a good driver but if I'm late which is every day I can drive quick and and so I never wanted the playful soul on my car because I was like that's a paradox (laughs) who is that for if anything they'd be calling to you know hell were you doing on College Avenue? You almost blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Or what the hell were you doing? You were so out of it. I was, you were going 20 miles an hour. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I, um, but the more you wreck it, like even the little things, people getting mad at me on the road, I'm like, hello, friend. Yeah, I've been there. I've been that one. I was the judger. I was the complainer. I was the aggressor. And I think that when we receive it, then it tr- we're no longer the victim, is my point. We transcend that victim paradigm. Paradigm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, um, anyway. Mm. All right. So <laughs> they, we now have an understanding of your they. I would like to talk about a- another they that I think also is very connected to to the divine here and jumping into a little more of an extraterrestrial uh, part of the conversation, even though I feel like all of this is very ET-ish. <laughs> uh, but, but aliens yeah. and talking about the Pleiadian aliens mm. in mm. general. I would love to hear what your experience working with them has been uh, and sharing for those that have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> that, would, that would be so divine. Oh, you're so sweet. So, oh, well, hello, friends. <laughs> so I, again, don't have a big intellectual knowledge base to share. I, um, I have come to an acceptance, a knowing, an, open, um, an openness in my experience that I am of that realm whatever that realm may be because there are people who talk about Pleiades and Sirius and all these different um, places and I actually have not quite understood it yet for myself but um, I will say this I was in Nepal and Tibet with Alana Fairchild did we talk about this before? Mm-mm, no and um, tell me all the goodness. oh my god so um, I was there with her for 
a week we went to the Himalayas to have an experience called Tara in Tibet and it was incredible and and there are many um, manifestations of Tara the energy and the divine feminine known as Tara so we were and she led us through six or seven specific ones so blue black white green um, anyway so and every day we kind of there would be um, we were experiencing one of those faces of the divine feminine and um, we we have she leads us through this incredible experience that we end up in meditation um, she's guiding us and at one point Tara I think it was blue Tara it's in my journal I'll have to look so I know for my again the <laughs> wherever this information goes um she leads us where blue tara my experience i don't know what i honestly don't remember what alana said but she was leading us and um i believe tara came over and touched our face or something my experience was she removed my face and i became stars so that was my experience and i went on my meditation went on it was extraordinary Every meditation on that trip, every med- every experience of Alana Fairchild is extraordinary. Um, so I had the, I treated myself to a, a session with Alana because you, when you, you travel with her, she opens up XML sessions and I booked early enough. I was like, oh yes, I would love one. And I had already gone through her training, so I had a relationship with, um, with her in that way and and I just wanted to have a one-on-one in person. And so we're sitting there. We say hello. We're, you know, I'm like doing whatever. And she's looking at me, <laughs> like quizzical look on her face. And I'm talking. And she goes, um, no, no, keep talking, keep talking. She goes, they're talking to me, but keep talking. Because she goes, um, I think I might have said, are you okay? Or, we, you know, whatever. And she said, no, 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 keep going. They're talking to me. I'll explain it all in a minute. Just keep telling me what you're saying. And then she has this extraordinary laugh, kind of like Julia Roberts and or Haley McGinley. That great laugh. <laughs> Haley has the best laugh. She has the, the best, best laugh. laugh. Native bred for yes. those that don't know Haley McGinley. <laughs> and Lana Fairchild has that also, just from her solar plexus. And um, she said, "They're telling me you're Pleiadian. You're the first one I've ever seen in human form." And I was like, what? (laughs) Honestly, and the rest of our session was so focused on what I was going through at the time. I like didn't, she said, they keep telling me, like, I keep worrying about you everywhere we go. The Nepalese are following you or they're beckoning, you know, whatever. And I keep worrying you wander off from the group and I keep looking to find out where, you know, because those tour groups are small. There might have been 25 of us or 27 Mm -hmm. on the thing. And we're going through these, you know, the, um, you know, I don't know if you, have you ever been to India or no, or I haven't. South America. On the bucket list. Oh my God. They're so burgeoning with life. I mean, it's just such a different experience from anything I've experienced other than, I mean, we have our big cities, but it's not the same. There's something so juicy and luscious and, Mm. um, but also, you know, you have all sides of it, you know, so I've totally been on trips where I completely 
made oopsies and screwed up the cultural language and whatever or you get you know you get pinned as a tourist mm-hmm. you know ah, that American mm-hmm. so my worst fear when I travel internationally <laughs> <laughs> that American that American so she anyway she was just saying how they keep telling me she's saying they too they keep telling me or my guys keep telling me that you're okay you're okay and um and not to worry and so anyway, that experience, and I, I did say to her, I go, well, I don't really, what does all that mean? Like, I know what you mean. I know, I know what you're talking about, and I know these blue energies. And I, so years before that, years and years and years before that, I had an intuitive session when I first started, like, on this exploit. Because then it's like, oh, my God, I want to go everywhere. I want to do everything. This person's doing readings here. I'm going to go. This person's doing something else. I want to go. And she told me, this woman told me that I came in on the blue ray. I didn't even know what she was talking about. I was like, well, what's a blue ray? And um, I don't remember what she told me at the time, but it was all just new information. Like, that's information, that's information. And you just kind of take what you can and leave the rest behind. But ultimately, it kind of compiles a kind of a scrapbook or, you know, things start taking form, the things that are resonating. So I don't. Um, I will say this at the Playful Soul last week or two weeks ago, my friend Melissa Burris. Do you know Melissa? Yes. She's the best. Yes. She's the best. I've worked with her before. She so, gives the most magnificent massages. massages. Yes. And her jewelry and her aromatherapy, mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So she was leading meditation for the first time. And I've never had this experience. I mean, I not meditating, but um the experience I had in meditation with her. So she's leading experience, this experience. And I talked about her. I shared her post and I said, you know, um, I call her a realm walker because I do believe that she's a realm walker, that she can she pierces the veil and channels in other energies. And I believe that meditation is essentially we're realm walking, whatever realm you want to go to, and everybody in a circle is going to go to their own vibration Mm -hmm. so she we're she's going around because she does body work so she like gets us to the space and then she goes around and does some light touch on everyone's head and shoulders and um so she got to me and um she put her hands on me and I had this image around her this visual which made perfect sense to me about her because she has such a strong Native American um, connection to Native American knowledge. It just, you know, there's no reason in her, this human life, for her to know the things or have... Anyway, I'll let her share that. But, so I had this experience of this gorgeous white eagle that was just bigger than her and like its wings went beyond her and its head came over her top and um and then from that and so she's you know begins on my head or shoulders or what have you and then this blue being this has never happened to me peeked around and looked at me and it was so playful and so kind and so loving and so curious And in my meditation, I was like, well, hello, who are you? And then the being came around to my front and started like holding my hands or 
touching my hands. It was just so sweet and it was just so kind. And it was, you know, I don't have any, it didn't have necessarily features. Um, there was nothing sort of, um, it had more form. Usually I see beings in, in light energy, light rays, and it's unusual to see form unless it's an archetype that I'm familiar with. So this was different. And, um, but Melissa told me, I, and so the meditation ends and we walk out to our cars. I go, I've got to tell you, cause I wasn't going to share that in the circle. I'm sharing it here. And we walked out to our cars and I said, I've got to tell you what happened. I said, I've never had this experience. And it was the first time she'd led meditation. So I was like, well done. <laughs> she said, Vicki, that's so weird because when I was working on your arms, I, could, I didn't feel like I could go past your elbows. So she literally was feeling that uh, there was another presence. I mean, I don't. she didn't have this experience I did. She just said, I felt like I couldn't go past your elbows. So for me, it was confirmation that the sweet one was there. And, um, but for me, I do believe, you know, this little microphone says blue on it. We talk about out of the blue. There is so much um, Mary. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, the Virgin Mary and that whole lineage of divine feminine energy and I believe Isis precedes Mary, um, all comes from the Seven Sisters, which is where the Pleiades is located. So there's a feeling that that divine feminine and or even the Christ consciousness, that hasn't lost anyone, um, <laughs> emanates from these, these um, higher levels of conscious consciousness but when you think about mary when people see mary she has a blue veil right that's exactly where my mind mm-hmm. went she always has a blue veil mm-hmm. and there's so many um discoveries in the pyramids and other ancient carvings where the people are blue and even though whatever they use for color or they're drawn in such a way that they are they're not, they don't look as human as you and I look. So I think that, um, I just think that I was raised in a home where we chased UFOs and my mom was so, she was like, there is, this is not all there is. And she used to say, whatever's on the other side is not as scary as a human being. <laughs> human beings, if there's a hell, this is it. <laughs> and she didn't, she was like, she wasn't, you know, she didn't, she, she just essentially was saying that that divine energy that's beyond what we can see is so much grander and so much more powerful than whatever low vibrations we're encountering here. And so she was never afraid of, my mom would have loved to have been called a realm walker, um, but my dad was the one actually who had the the psychic experiences but he didn't start talking to any he started talking to me about it um, about six years ago when he was 82 on the porch of the playful soul back in the back in the day he heard a conversation he's like honey so I was just talking to that lady and I honestly think the lady was Wendy who was who owned mother nature's son because we were um co 
sharing the building. I was subleasing space from her. And um, I think that's who he was talking to. But And she was talking about, and he goes, I've always just, he goes, and I think he said, you know, the word aura, like he wasn't sure if he was saying it correctly or if he'd heard it correctly because his hearing's not great. He said, um, I've always seen colors around people. And that's what he calls it to this day. So when he was talking to me last night, and then last night he was telling me more about this. I didn't know he had psychic visions until last night. And he just always felt like, um, he couldn't share. There was nobody he could tell about it. Mm. And um, so it was always just, he would say, if something, if he had it, something and actually shared it, and then people looked at him, he was telling me a story, and they looked at him, and they were like, How, you know, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, oh, I can't explain it. But he literally, but and, yeah, so. What colors did he see around you last night? Well, he was telling me that he sees a change, and um, which made sense to me. So he's he told me that when I was born, he said it um, that he saw all of these um, that apparently the energy and I don't see colors around people with my eyes open. My youngest daughter does, and. Um, and I just thought it was her own phenomenon. And then I find out, like, my dad's lived his whole life seeing colors. And so, of course, my daughter Drew does too. But, um, and you can control it. You know, they both had experiences where they're like, all right, that's enough. But um, he said, I think he said that it was just a lot of silver and white. But I recall him say it sounded like it was moving, like it was really spirally. And it just sounded beautiful, you know, how he explained this newborn baby and he walked into the room. And I was born in a Catholic hospital. I was born at St. Vincent's when uh, hospital when it was still on Fall Creek. And it was still, you know, um, it was still a Catholic hospital. With nuns were the nurses and they were in habits. And, um, and I love that story because I was literally born into the hands of nuns and I was born with my veil still on my face, which... I um, didn't know until I had the playful soul. I knew it. My mom had talked about it, but I didn't know it had significance until it came up and somebody else was talking about it. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And then I found out that, the, you know, it's considered an omen of, of um, it's considered an omen or um, uh for psychic abilities or healing gifts or what have you. So I love, especially with my connection to Mary and the blue and the stars, um, that I was kind of born into the arms of nuns and with a veil on my face. It's kind of a sweet way because the journey can become so disconnected from that experience. We can all forget that we're um, that we come from the divine, every single being. So every single one of us, I don't care whether they're awake or they're not awake, I believe we all come from that beautiful space. And, and I think we're here on this planet together to expand the consciousness of love. And if we screw it up, and the planet implodes or blows up and kicks us all off the surface, Gaia will regenerate in some way, shape, or form. And we will too. But I think it is a grand experiment worth giving our best shot 
and um, and right now in our crazy world it's so topsy-turvy we are really being asked is this who you want to be is this who we want to be in the world do we really want to be on the corner of 86th and or on the corner of 86th Street and Nora with a Whole Foods and a Kroger and hungry people in between and the groceries are throwing their food away. Do we really want to be that person? Do we, I mean, do we need to be that? But we have to re, we are, I think what's happening is our whole structure is being shaken by the divine. There's this beautiful, have you ever seen this saying? It's a poster that hangs in, um, well, so one of my mentors does body work and she's been my angel on earth. Um, I met her when I was pregnant with my youngest. But I started seeing her when after my mother died because she had an experience where my mom came to her and said, I've left my body and I, um, I want you to look after Vicki. And so she sent me a gift certificate and said, I heard your mother died. I heard your mother passed. And we share a common friend. So she asked our friend, did Vicki's mom pass and she's like yeah she just died my friend sent me a gift card saying when you're ready I'd like to gift you with a a session a massage take care of your body and I was like oh thank god and um and so I didn't know for um I didn't know that was the case until maybe 10 or more years after my mom died she just happened to be sharing it with someone else about how we got to be friends oh but I consider her my my uh, mentor, like the one that stayed in my life. And she's always saying, keep your eyes on the light. You know, keep your eyes on the light. Mm. But blah, 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 is happening here. Blah, 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 did this. Or blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. She's just like, shift your vibration, shift your focus, keep your eyes on the light. And I just think that that's just the greatest, simplest advice because I feel... I think where I was, well, one where I was going on a high detour, but that our whole fabric is being shaken, and that as we are looking at war and um, our climate changing, and water supply, food supply, the possible extinction of bees, <laughs> I just think, you know the fires these raging fires things are changing and as they and as people become more and more uncomfortable in their own existence and they become more fearful that's where i believe all of us who have awakened or aligned with our gifts of any sort of healing whether it's music art um, body work, energy work, diet, how to a relationship to food. We're learning. We're so we become so disconnected from how to grow our own food, source our own food, understand our own food. That um, that there now is this beautiful movement of farmers markets and the Ezra's of the world that are uh, the Haley's of the world, native bred Ezra's who are teaching us, reconnecting us. Um, to a vibrant to vibrant source and it can you know so healing and sharing and and awakening and and truly living 
to the best of our ability as a being of light, which is what we are. We're beings of light inside of these little gorgeous little skin suits. Um, whatever it is you do, teachers, you know, the, um, my husband is a restaurant. He loves to create he spent his life creating community places and that's his, he loves hospitality. He loves people getting together and that, that is a joy. Connection is, is part of our necessary experience. So it mm-hmm. can look a million ways. My, my first teacher, Lynn, I was telling you about that moved back south. I remember I used to say, blah, 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 <laughs> about my husband. And she'd say, Vicki, you need to be grateful because you do not have your feet on the ground and he brings home the bacon. <laughs> he's got his feet on the ground. He's in this world and what he does allows you to fly. And um, mm-hmm. I needed to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Now it doesn't excuse unkindness and it doesn't excuse um, unconscious um, behaviors. Um, it doesn't excuse abuse. It doesn't excuse... Um, addiction and disconnection it doesn't excuse us from taking responsibility for our own journey uh there was a ram i think it was was it ram das quote i just shared i think it was ram das he's so he's so great so beautiful and do you know him and he just passed so a lot of people were um sharing his quotes but anyway i shared one the other day um that I just loved and essentially it's him with this glowing smile and he's laughing and he was I think in his late 80s also and he he was he and Timothy Leary created LSD they were the creators of acid and they created it I think as if I understand or correctly as a gateway to consciousness yes if anybody um I say if anybody listening watches Netflix I think most people mm-hmm. watch Netflix, but there's a really great um, series called, like, it's like Blank Explained. And so oh. there's one, and they're like short 20-minute episodes. It's on everything under the sun you can mm-hmm. think of, and they're really neat and fascinating topics, and one of them is Psychedelics Explained. Oh. And they go heavy into the creation of LSD mm-hmm. and DMT and mm-hmm. all of those good mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. not-so-good things, and yeah. just talking about how... All of those, their original purposes, um, just humans took what their original intent were and just strayed so far from mm-hmm. it that that's how it ends up getting banned and yeah. <laughs> ends up being horrible for us. Right. Um, or censored to be horrible for mm-hmm. us. Um, cannabis being one of those mm-hmm. big things and topics in conversation. But yes. Fortunately, that's so. coming back into our... And that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Oh my I'm gosh! Sure. Yes, the manipulation of our food, our water, our wealth, mm-hmm. and how we just exciting it. We grow up in it, mm-hmm. and then we we grow others up in it, mm-hmm. and so we have these acceptances of well, this is just the way it is. And actually, no, it does not. And so, what's so cool is to see, like people are, countries and populations are creating the shifts and that's where I would enc- I encourage people to when we get too sad or too um, you know we become deflated by what's going on in the world or heartbroken 
um, that's where you we have to transmute that energy or refocus it into sacred acts and um, become empowered. And also, I think the other thing is ultimately at the end of the day, it's all about our own ego's engagement with our own annihilation. So it's ultimately, I'm really what I'm, and I'm going to be. It's, this is in quotes. Um, but the little, the little one in all of us is like, I don't want to die. And if that means I'm getting that piece of cherry pie and you're not getting it. That's where we're going to end this story. And, and ultimately, I mean, I'm not saying like we're at lunch and everybody's kind of full and we have plenty of cherry pie to share. Although that instinct can be, no, I'm not, I'm going to hoard it for myself. I'm talking about where we get to the point of, of avarice or we get to the point of starvation you know like that survival instinct kicks in whether it's um a bad storm (laughs) we head for the basement you can extrapolate it but ultimately I think so much of all that we experience on our planet is from the little one not the little ego not the little child the little ego the little um Paul Selig, are you familiar with his work mm, and the guys? Yes. Oh, yes. so good. But he talks about, he calls it the little... The, the little, little prince. Eye. The little I, the little me, the little prince. The little prince. Is the one that is like, you know, I don't want to succumb. And ultimately, when you fall into, when you open to your true essence, then... then then death becomes less everything is trans we're all energy it's all changing shape you know mountains just get to be around longer in their physical form than you and I do at this state of consciousness but and the more I learn about that I'm like I'm cool with that I don't necessarily always want to be Vicky (laughs) like it's been a great ride but I don't always want to come at life through this particular set of filters and circumstances I'm very grateful for them but um there is something at least and maybe that's the little part of the little prince in me that um is interested in other experiences Mm -hmm. even though I don't know what they would be yeah yeah so last question for me here being as we are on the golden gut podcast (laughs) what is your golden rule in this life oh my gosh so we were actually raised with one and um it's the so my mother was raised a um, methodist and she left her church after being married there in the 50s because of um discrimination and she and her husband at the time were, had um, friends who were African-American, and the church and the community turned on my grandmother. My mom didn't care. She was a student at Butler, couldn't care less what the grown-ups were doing in her neighborhood, except she cared that it was my grandmother's home. And so they turned on her, quit talking to her. She was in, back in the 50s, the whole church, social thing, big deal. So my mom met with the pastor, and she said, this is not what Jesus taught. And he just told her, he said, Alta, you're way ahead of the flock. He said, you're way ahead of your time, 
and it's my job to meet my flock where they are. And she said, um, I call bullshit. That is not what Christ would have done. And she walked out, and we were never raised in traditional religion because she said it was so misconstrued and and that they she felt he needed to pull, you know, like you don't just let them misbehave. So the golden rule we were raised with, be kind. How does it go? Be kind to... Um, Oh my God, I'm forgetting what the golden rule is. Say it for me because she has an ending. Anyway, it was like, be kind to, um, be kind to everyone, including animals. Is that right? And what's the, how's the golden rule go? The, the one out of the, the Bible. Actu- oh. The one out of the Bible. <laughs> Do unto <laughs> others as, as you would have. Yes. yes thank you. The, the original golden Swear rule. God. I need to have <laughs> the original. Yeah. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And be kind to animals. So that was how we were raised. And I think that's, um, you know, I I try to live that way. And I screw it up so often. And I just think at this stage of the game, I just can, I have awareness quicker. And I can um, take a deep breath. And, and I practice having awareness in the moment, you know, so I don't... Um, commit any um creating you know commit a <clears throat> commit an act that's unkind or um a problem for myself or someone else I try to stay <clears throat> take a deep breath not be as reactive and yet you know it's always a <laughs> mm. as Ram Das says we're all just walking each other home that's all we're doing I love that. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you, Vicki, for all of this Aww. wisdom. I have one final teeny tiny request here. So one of my big missions is helping others know that that tapping into their own intuitive abilities and finding accessibility to spiritual practice is easy and, and mm-hmm. it is accessible mm-hmm. I mean for crying out loud we all have these little devices yeah. that connect us to everyone and everything <laughs> including meditation which mm-hmm. is really for me has been a big catalyst for mm-hmm. my own spiritual growth mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you would do us the honor of just leading us through a very brief short like maybe five minute guided meditation gosh i would love to thank you oh, yay. and you selfishly know, i'm no so excited okay <laughs> so hey I you know what whatever minutes. happens happens i'm very excited mm. wow thank you mm. beautiful thank yes. you okay <laughs> all right sweet ones well <sighs> close your eyes and just take a deep inhale and exhale through your mouth that's beautiful and another and one more and hold that breath in your belly this last intentional breath just letting your belly expand and feeling that prana Maybe allowing it to get even bigger and then exhaling through your mouth. Ah, go ahead and inhale, exhale as you need and maybe 
feel that breath wiggle through your body as you allow yourself to just come into this space. Allowing your breath to be your guide. Noticing your breath as a, the aliveness that it is. Just feeling it move through your body down your shoulders, flowing down your back, down your hips and legs. And now, sweet ones, with your inner awareness, through your third eye, that energy center in the center of your forehead above your brow, the seat of your intuition, with that vision, I invite you to just open your mind and awareness up to glorious, radiant, golden sun way above the space you're in. Allowing the form of the structure you're sitting in to fall away. The only thing you notice is this radiant golden energy. Feel so warm upon your being. And on your next breath, breathing this energy, this radiance, this honey in through your crown chakra at the top of your head. That beautiful soft spot where you when you were born, it was still open to the divine. Allowing this golden light to flow through your crown and down your face. Breathing it in and out of your third eye. Feeling your forehead relax. Feeling this golden light flowing, caressing your cheeks, your jaw, your ears, so sweet. Flowing into your throat. Breathing this golden energy, this divine love light in and out of your throat chakra. The place from where we sing our soul song, we express our beingness, our essence. And feeling this love light flow down through our shoulders, our arms, spilling out of our fingers and with your inner vision, noticing this radiance spilling out of your own hands. 
like waterfalls of golden light flowing into the everythingness becoming aware of your own light body taking a moment to be with the truth of who you really are this gorgeous living breath of the divine And now, sweet ones, breathing this light into your torso and breathing in and out through your heart chakra in the center of your chest. Feeling your beautiful heart expand. Feeling the tension, the blocks fall away. The heart is courageous and bold. And true. Breathing now into your belly, your solar plexus right above your navel. Like your own personal sunshine, it's where your belly laugh lives, your creativity, your power, your joy. Your celebration. Breathe this golden light into your solar plexus. Maybe even feeling giggles come up. Bubble into your awareness. And now breathe into your sacral, the energy center right below your navel, where our sexuality, our passion, Breathing it through, feeling it alive in your body. It's also your chakra of dreams. Sweet ones, with one more breath of golden light, breathe into your dreams, known and not yet known. Breathe in. And on your out breath, imagine that breath fertilizing your dreams. Beautiful. And now breathe into your root, at the bottom, at the base of your spine, your root chakra. Brilliant, radiant red. The portal that connects our spirit into these bodies and our bodies into this earth. It's so intentional. It holds us here. It's our translator, our navigator, our protector. Give an extra breath of gratitude for this experience to your root. Breathing out with grace. Thanking your spirit and your body for being here in this time. Breathing your energy down through your legs, your thighs, your knees, feeling that golden light move through your joints. It's so good and juicy. Down through your calves, your ankles, your feet, and into the earth. 
Beautiful Gaia, what do you notice as your energy moves to the center of the earth? Enjoying wrapping your light around the earth's center crystal. What do you feel? What do you see? What do you know? And it's okay if you're not having any particular experience. Just feel how seated and grounded you feel. And then breathing back up through the earth into your own beautiful body. Back up through your energy centers, your root, your sacral, your solar. Breathing in through your heart, your throat, feeling your soul song expand out of your throat chakra. Breathing up through your third eye, your crown, and back into the golden sun. The divine energy of unconditional love. The everythingness. The infinite. And on your next in breath, you're fully aware you are the breath of God. Feel it flow through your body, your knowing, your mind, your heart, the truth of who you are. Breathing in. Knowing that you are always a divine inhale and the divine exhale. That never stops whether you're in busy traffic or sound asleep. Whether you're making love or reading a book. Your breath is the breath of God. It's the breath of Gaia. Feeling your connection to all of the beings we share this planet with, seen and unseen. Breathing a warm, intentional breath into your nostrils, back deep into your body. Bringing your awareness back into the time and place where you are. Noticing the sounds around you, the feel of the place where you may be sitting or lying. Are you inside or outside? Are you warm? Are you chilly? Breathing your energy and your awareness back into your divine body. This incredible gift that allows us to touch and to feel and to smell and to see to experience the beauty and the love on this planet. 
gently wiggling your fingers. Maybe straightening your spine, rolling your shoulders. And switching direction, rolling your shoulders the other way, just feeling the glory and the juiciness of your own joints, your own blood flow, your own skeletal system. Having great gratitude for this incredible body that allows us to move through this life in all of its grace and in elegance. Bring your hands in prayer position, allowing your thumbs to touch your heart center. And moving your hands and your thumbs in prayer position to your third eye, connecting into that knowing, feeling yourself grounded, your feeling back on this planet, this earth. And if you feel so led, bowing to the center of all that is in front of us, love and gratitude, raising back up. Rubbing your hands together, feeling that glorious friction of skin upon skin, your own awareness. And if you like, placing that warmth from your own hands in front of your own eyes as you allow your eyes to flutter open if they're still closed. Breathing, breathing, breathing. We are here, we are here, we are here. Namaste. Mm. Namaste. Thank you, beautiful, radiant light. Mm. Oh. Wow. Mm. Mm. That was really hard for me. What? What was hard? Coming back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun out there. <laughs> yeah. But where do we really go? It's all in there. Yeah. What is within is without. It's good to go to be, to remember. And it's good to come back in fueled and clearer. How do you feel? Mm, really good. Nice and buzzy and tingly. And at one point it felt like it was almost as if I were made up of slinkies. Oh. And they were just gorgeous. all like intertwining together and just <laughs> doing this little dance together throughout my whole body. Oh, gorgeous activation. <sighs> Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank yes. you for the chat. Thank you so much. It's my you. favorite in the whole world connection. <sighs> yes. Meaningful, deep, authentic connection. Mm, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. Thank you for your work. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the conversations. 
Thank you for all of this gratitude and all of this love. Wow, wow, wow. I almost forgot that we were still recording a podcast. Oh, how funny. So um, to, to just wrap things up here, where where can people follow along with you and the new work that you're going to be putting out in this world here as Aurora Blue? Oh, thank you. So um, a beautiful friend that you shared with me, Mariah Craft of Made Solo, right? MadeSolo.com mm-hmm. is designing my website. So if you go to aurorablue.love right now, I did it, and it looks like an 85-year-old did it. (laughs) Actually, my dad would probably be better at it because he actually did study that a little bit in school. Um, But she's going to make it lovely. So the best place to find me right now is on Instagram and Facebook. So um, Aurora Blue on Facebook and Aurora Blue Love on Instagram. And then Vicki Lamar Mack is my personal Facebook. But those are the best places. And I love Instagram. I'm visual. So I think I enjoy mm-hmm. the, the image. I enjoy creating images and sharing images. And mm-hmm. But Mariah's going to help me clean up my act there too. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> excited. You, I'm so excited. Wow. This was just absolutely a divine conversation and just beautiful connection and I'm so incredibly grateful for you and all of the beautiful work you are putting out into this world and for sharing your time and talents with myself and everybody that is going to be listening through Mr. Blue here my microphone wow thank you Vicky thank you can I add one thing about where they can find me yes oh I forgot that part yeah so I am seeing clients leading soul soul shops and doing soul sessions at the Playful Soul on 86th Street and Ohm Home in Broderick Ball. Mm. And I, um, yeah, so those are the places, like through their websites and stuff. It's all coming together, but. Wonderful. And I'll be sure to tag. Thank you. You're welcome. Link everything that is connected to you on all the interwebs uh, in the show notes so people can connect to you there too yeah thank you yes thank you amanda yeah you're so so welcome appreciate it you're so welcome Mm -hmm. so fun thank you thank you thank you 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 are on fire my darling Mm. oh wow wow